What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 124 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Did you ever watch the show 24? No, absolutely not. Me, me neither. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was a big deal, obviously. There was a lot of people who were super into yeah, it. Yeah, people were pumped. Um, I guess it was like a washed up 80s actor who like was addicted to meth, but also like super FBI. Is that Kiefer Sutherland? Is that yes. who you're talking about? Yes. Donald is his father. I didn't know that he was a, a meth head. No, no, no. Not in real life. I think oh. in, in oh, 24. In, in 24. In 24, I believe he was a meth head. Got it. No clue. And I cannot provide any... Uh, you know any substance to the conversation? Well, all my even. all of my understanding uh, is based off of like SNL skits. <laughs> so I think that's what was going on. I think he was like a drug addict, but also like the most badass like agent there was. Got it. Well, I mean, it'd be hard to operate in such a high position without doing some kind of you know speed. But I think he like nailed kind of like the wash up '80s actor. Like what? The only movie I can think of him being in. Um, was uh oh my god how could i forget the name of it no clue but you're crushing it right now the 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 vampire movie <laughs> lost boys oh okay never Dude. saw that either <laughs> are you serious <laughs> yeah i never saw lost boys i'm disappointed you know it would be hard for people to tell listening to a disc golf podcast that we're in the midst of the second round of worlds right now oh wait time out time out don't you don't <laughs> you just skip past this we will get to worlds oh yes we will get to worlds it's like the most stop, important tournament stop and all of this golf stop we're in the middle of it stop. right now <laughs> you have not seen but you lost need to boys? Me about lost boys no yes i can i can this sounds like a pre-show conversation. It should be. I feel like I should have known this. Well, I feel next like week we can, I feel like I failed as a friend to not realize that you haven't seen Lost Boys <laughs> until this point. Like I feel like I need to pause this podcast and get on Slack and send out through all of the channels that Robin needs to watch Lost Boys. I I mean I will. I'm not opposed to it. it wasn't like a personal. You got to remember, I didn't have TV till I was like freaking fourteen. So, like, there's a lot of things that I didn't watch because we literally didn't watch TV in my house. Did you have USA when you were 14? Heck no. We had the five channels okay. that came okay. on an antenna. You win because I feel like USA or something. Somehow I saw all of the Corey's movies. It's not my fault that I was kept in a cage. Have you seen a movie? Straps. Have you seen a movie with the Corey's? I have no idea. Like you've. Who are the Corey's? Time. Shut up. You've you've seen Goonies, though, right? Oh, of course. Oh, that was like, I was about to just stop the podcast and I was, be like, I was fire up your fucking Netflix or whatever. We're going to work. We need to watch. A movie I was going to try and stone face you on that. I didn't think I was going to be able to. No. Oh, God. Anyways. So disc golf. You, you might also notice that I sound different. I have a cold. I'm sorry. I'm, I'll try not to sniffle. Or I will be reviewing the beer tonight because we opened it earlier and Robin said, this tastes horrible. And then I drank it and went. What do you know? Yeah, so my taste buds are a little off. So uh, don't listen to me on the beer. I I really Robin's honestly... just drinking pickle juice right now. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. He's, he's putting so he's throwing lifesavers and, uh, into. If uh, Joe makes juice. me laugh, I may just go into a coughing fit. But luckily, he's you know he's Joe, so I don't think we have to worry about that. Too no, we're much. fine. So. I mean, I started the the coughing fits on podcasts yeah. forever ago, and I think that was the last time I was sick, and you've been sick. Tons of times since I then. know. This has been a bad year for me. 
Well, you have like sicknesses. 14 kids, and some of them go to like preschools where they mingle with other kids that are snot. Very much a problem. Yeah. I also never wash my hands, which has, you know, uh, been an issue. I mean, I wash my eyes. I pee on them a lot. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that kills germs. Sterile. Yeah. So that's the thing. But anyway, uh, Worlds has started, and I am, if you can't tell by the way we started this show, just absolutely pumped on Worlds. I just, watching or watching the the udis live stats you know go up and then watch right that's the that's well like the instagram clips too so like you see little clips pop through on instagram and and uh and then uh the the there's the recaps and then actually the round one uh footage dropped for jomez today so i got to catch some of that and by the way quick shout out to the slack group um if you want to know what's going on, join up on Slack. But I will tell you, it is a separate channel that you have to join, so you won't have you won't have things spoiled yeah. if you join our Slack. Our main group. channels had no spoilers. No, so. no, but we do have a tournament talk channel that you have to ch- once again choose to join and choose to look at. That uh, tons of spoilers, but everyone's paying attention. Everybody's watching the scores and now, the videos. And I should say there are going to be a ton of spoilers in this show. So oh, yeah. if you don't want to want to hear it, just wait till after uh, after Worlds. Joe and I are going to try and get together on Sunday afternoon after Worlds or at the latest Monday night and do a Worlds recap show. So between this episode that we've already we've already kind of know what's gone on in rounds one and two, which uh, for the record, rounds one and two were not live coverage. Rounds three, four and five will be live coverage by Smashbox. So the PDGA I love that it's five only, rounds. only contracted uh the, the three rounds for live coverage, but that's all right. We'll still get uh, plenty of video coverage out of it. And it's so far, it's been just absolutely awesome. Lot, last lots, year, of, lots of hot rounds. Last year, wasn't Worlds only four rounds and they did it in March? I feel like it was still, I, I'd have to look it up. It was, it was, I, I think it was, I think it was still at least four rounds in a final nine. But um, it was also like in June. Still. Yeah, it was, it in was June. way, way too early in the I, year. I can't even remember what I ate yesterday, let alone how many. Yeah, Robin's, Robin's swimming in his own head right Dude, now. Dude, I had so much cold medicine this this week. It's been it's been great. I'm I'm loving it. It's meth. Plus, like the all the sleep that I get, it's great too. Right, because you're yeah, multiple children <clears throat> are on perfect sleep schedules. But uh, and your nasal passages allow you to sleep as much as you'd like. Exactly. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working it out. It's fine. So these, uh, in Brewster Ridge in Jefferson, Vermont. So, um, this is, there's two courses, there's Fox Run Gold and Brewster. So, uh, Fox Run Gold will be rounds one and three. And, and then I believe the final round as well. And then Brewster is rounds two and four. So, uh, Fox Run is, uh, is kind of, uh, lots more trees, still a good amount of OB, but, but, uh, but pretty, pretty much, you know, fairly wooded through a lot of the areas lots of of tight shots if you've got a laser beam uh throw uh you'll you'll do well there and then uh, brewster is a little bit more open but more ob more dangerous ob uh on on that course so pretty I feel like i feel like they're missing some prime so and this is um, smuggler's notch is the right and this was the, the green mountain time. championship last year so right for the if you're looking for for older footage, if you're really jonesing for uh, for some Jomez of of previous years, you Jones could you could look up the Disc Golf Pro Tour Green Mountain Championship last year. It's slightly different layout um, than than uh, the previous year, but still 
um, you know, same course. So just green everywhere. I, I, uh, I've traveled in these areas when I was younger. Um, I had family that that's from the East Coast and lived in Connecticut and uh, and Massachusetts and New York. And I've traveled, you know, pretty much all over that area. And just one of my favorite areas of the United States, I should say, in the fall or spring. Um, winter and summer, no thanks. But uh, fall or spring in those areas, just uh, awesome forests and rivers and lakes everywhere. Um, just absolutely beautiful. All of Vermont is just like, you know, postcards everywhere. So, um, a really fantastic area to check out to begin with. So I'm not surprised at all. And of course we're somewhat familiar with these courses from past years. I feel like world's really missed out on a big sponsorship. Uh, the Burlington coat factory. No. Um, this year, rounds one and three will be at Ford Loco Fox Run Gold, DGC. <laughs> that now that would be somewhat surprising. I I would be all for it. Um, I don't know that Ford Loco. I mean, Ford Loco probably could stand to do some some advertising to disc golfers, and only because it flows off the tongue. And uh, Juice Brewster, but J O O S. <laughs> oh, got it. Yeah, got it couple of uh upstanding beverages hardcore that are certainly not uh you know high alcohol bum wine if you have not seen someone drinking or an empty can of juice or for for loco on your course um you don't have real players on your course (laughs) or you don't play often enough (laughs) because i've seen both those things multiple times out of like respected disc golfers (laughs) that i like played with for the first time i was like oh all right all right, all right you get down that's how you me. roll huh it. yeah uh please uh pick up your trash and recycle people i feel like a piece of trash right now with my <laughs> <laughs> with my uh my high gravity uh steel reserve but um anyway disc golf now joe derailing once again trying just trying to keep you on track i got you know limited time in this voice today you know i might just run out of gas and then then you'll have to do do garth for the last 10 minutes also if you want to learn more about gas listen to our pre-show yeah (laughs) there we go also we mentioned slack if you want to join our slack group we have a awesome uh slack group full of disc call podcast listeners and uh, you can find that on our website throw stuff at stuff.com there's a join slack link in the main navigation and uh, it's just a great kind of uh, chat group for channels for all of all kinds of things your area you know disc trading getting advice on your throw whatever you want and uh, joe and i are both fairly active there so if you have questions for us or want to you know tell us that we said something super dumb on the on the last episode you can do that too so check that and that out. happens a lot oh constantly it's amazing what happens when you drink and record audio but uh you know we, we do we do the best we can one day we'll we'll have the budget for a fact checker that can can sit and and Google things because we have one problem: Joe can't read and I can't type, and together that means that we can't Google things while we're doing the show. So, especially holding holding microphones. Yeah, we're working makes on for that. some for some interesting speculation at times. Yeah, we're working on on a few things. Uh, you know, we'll work on we'll we'll have a solution to at least one of those things at some point. Like Mike stands. I'm not about to try and learn how to read. Ooh. So, uh, so far, we've got two rounds in the books and, and at uh, at Pro Worlds. 
And so they played both Fox Run and Brewster. Uh, and uh, after day one, uh, it was, you know, a lot of, no, I won't say unfamiliar names, but surprising names in, uh, in the lead. So it was, uh, you know, you didn't have any of the, you know, Paul Macbeth wasn't in, in first place. I believe it was, it was, uh, Heimberg, right? That was, yeah, in, yeah. Calvin Heimberg, Calvin Heimberg that was in first place. And, uh, Conrad was, was not far behind. Let me pull up the, the, uh, round ones here. I feel like, uh, you, you can click on Fox run up there. There we go. Sorry, um, I had us on Brewster. Yeah. So, uh, Fox run. There you go. go round. There you go. So yeah, Calvin Heimberg, Sexton, and Sexton, Paul Macbeth, and James Conrad were in first place. So Heimberg with the eleven down, uh, really just he had a he had an eagle on seven, which um, is pretty much it's possible. It's it's somewhat you know it's a it's twelve hundred foot hole, so um, it's you know two terrific throws to to get there in two. The biggest problem is that the second throw. There's OB just right there. So it's not that the pros can't make the shot. It's that when you try to make the shot, you've got a better chance of going OB than you do of, of sticking it. So, um, and he had like a 20, he said, I, I, uh, heard an interview of him and he said it was like a 20 footer. I think there's video of the putt too, um, somewhere, but uh, it was like a 20 footer for, for Eagle and no one else eagled that hole. So he was the only player in the entire field to uh to t- get that eagle so impressive round from him um he said afterwards With two that, bogeys too still yeah leader in the he said afterwards you know he, he played well and and uh and really just kind of putted out of his mind you know he said he, he had an exceptional putting round so i i think that that's probably um you know probably has a lot to do with his success let's see what his uh what his putting so his circle one was 100 percent. yeah there you go Hundred percent circle one, and that's that's you know looks like uh, let's say sixteen putts in there, and then two two out of three two out two. of three circle uh, circle two putts. So that's a that's a recipe for for a good round there. Not to mention the uh, is, were there any other further throw ins? No. So all his so he was pretty close too. So he was playing well, driving seventy four percent. So he he had himself a great round. And then uh, Sexton, as usual, playing playing solid golf, and uh, you know hitting hitting his eighty nine percent fairway hits like that's just who he is, and also hundred percent circle one. Gosh, look at that! I didn't even look at this until right now. Heimberg <coughs> threw OB four times. Yeah, and still. Well, these courses that's uh, that's pretty common. I like there's an there's enough OB on these courses that I think you're gonna see that. I'm just more so pointing most. out that he Yeah. And I mean by comparison, was a leader Sexton day one only with, once. With four. Yeah. What about Macbeth? That's been his like crux. Macbeth only twice. Two. Yeah. And uh let's see, Conrad was once. So yeah, I guess that is that's more impressive than I was giving it credit for. Compared with the other the other top guys that only had a couple. Nico with none. Uh yeah. So you know, and and it's not that these other guys, Conrad, but you know Heimberg. You certainly did. He's a great player, but you didn't expect him to to come out and and be on the leaderboard. Nico Castro, like- Andrew Fish, uh, Jake Lauber. Um, you know, these are guys. Matt Bell. You know, certainly players that are good, but Ball we ball. we don't expect to see them. You know, I do feel like Heimberg has been on 
the top or near the top in a few tournaments, but has not been able to string together multiple rounds at all this year. Yeah. Like he's had a few super hot rounds definitely this year and just not been able to keep it rolling. And yeah, I think that's, and we've seen him in yeah. some final round footage too. So yep, um, definitely a, a very very talented player and certainly has a ton of power. Um, and and you know when he puts it all together, this is what what you get. You know, and and imagine if he was able to clean up those OB strokes. You know, and and uh, let's see, two of those he was still able to par. Yep. So, and the other two ended up being bogeys, but, um, but that's pretty great. I mean, converting, converting, uh, 50% of your, your penalties into pars is that's great. I mean, yeah, I think most players would be like, you know, if I can, because you look at the other ones and let's see. So Sexton's only OB resulted in a bogey, uh, Macbeth's, he was 50%. He, he, uh, ended up getting a bogey on, on one of them. Uh, Conrad managed to convert. So. Um, yeah, th- I think most players, if they were told that they could, you know, take those penalty strokes and half of them wouldn't result in bogeys, they'd probably take that before the round. How's your, so, uh, how's your world champ call looking? Oh man. He's, uh, well in after, after round one, I believe he was like in 15th place. Um, so at, and we should say that Joe and I, this entire year have basically said that Joe's taking Macbeth. I'm taking Waisaki and we've yep. kind of stuck to that. Yep. So we didn't hit and picks we, before And we this. had little glitters here and there yeah. of like, Eagle may be able to do it, but none, neither one of us said yeah. he's going to. Yeah. We, we've always, this whole time we've been like, oh man, what if Eagle does it? He could really, but uh, you know, it. we were both kind of stuck to Ricky and and, uh, and Paul on this. And so looks like Rick was top 10 um, even even after day one with a, with a, uh, he was eight down after day one. So, and yeah, he was right there after day yeah. one. And then, uh, so I don't know any other, any other big standouts. I mean, Eagle was, was had a seven down round, so he wasn't too far off the pack. Either. He only had a three down. Yeah. Well, we'll get to round two now. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, so he wasn't too far off, but still you're seeing all these double digit under par rounds for the leaders, you know, a couple of them from Heimberg and Sexton. And then, uh, you know, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, nine downs, seven, nine downs. So you had yeah. Macbeth, Conrad, LeCastro, Fish, Lobber, Bell, and Lance Brown, all with nine downs. So you got a lot of of uh, either double digit or very close to it rounds. And, you know, shoot, you're starting to look at this. We're through round two and you're thinking, oh, man, are you going to have to be 50, 50 plus down to win this tournament? And it, it might be that that's what it is. And, and over the course of a long tournament and, and great players, you start to fall behind pretty quickly if you don't, if you don't start to score. Oh, totally. So, um, and, you know, I'm still waiting to see one of these courses come back and, and bite some of these people. But the playing conditions honestly look pretty good. Uh, you know, the weather is, is not bad. They said it was a little muggy on day one. But otherwise, the, it, you know, the temperature wise, it's not too bad doesn't seem like there's a ton of wind. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity for these guys to score. So, let's hit uh hit round 2 now. So, uh round 2, you had Paul Uliberry coming in with a hot round at 13 down. So, he is he is currently tied for second place after that effort. Um and then Paul McBeth with a round of 12 down. James Conrad with another great round, 11 down. Greg Barsby playing really well, 11 down as well. 
Uh, Andrew Presnell with an 11 down round. Holly Store, who had an ace on 14, uh, was had shot an 11 down round. Barry Schultz, man, this is great. Barry Schultz still killing it. You know how many Barry Schultz beasts I have on the wall over there? Four? Like, I think at least five. Yeah. I, I know I found one the other day, too. Not the other day. like yeah. within the last year. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's great to see, see Barry Schultz out there still killing it um, and and putting up good rounds. And he's, he's you know, he's tied for fifth at this point in, in the world championships yeah, he's here like 62 in 2018. <laughs> Might as well be with all these young bucks right, running around right. in disc golf, prancing around with their 600 foot drives. And so there's something I really want to see and don't, don't click on it yet. Okay. <clears throat> for Eula Berry's 13 down. Uh-huh. How many circle two putts slash pretty much illegal jump putts do you think are there? <laughs> I'm going to say that he hit three circle two putts. Okay, let's. Should we look? All right. Let's see. Circle two. Oh, just Only one. Only one. Oh, okay. So he had, uh, let's see, for the, for the birdie. So let's just say that there was uh, at least four illegal uh illegal circle one putts no he doesn't do it in circle one. or maybe i guess he probably just didn't make the other and it was it was 50 percent, so he missed a circle two on the first hole and then he hit one on the 11th hole yeah no just like his driving was legit like looking at it um yeah 78 percent to the fairway and a scramble 100 percent scramble that's that's great um 94 percent circle one that's that's great but you see these these other guys hitting a hundred so yep yeah he just i think had he one just played a clean on, round and that's too bad too he had a two put on 18 no clearly we haven't been able to watch this round yet so yeah. we're just kind of letting the numbers tell us a story here but and we could be attaching false information to it maybe he just got lucky and bounced off trees all day and they went the right direction so yeah who knows yeah so just one 38 footer right there yeah and then uh, Paul McBeth had had a great round, twelve down, and uh, yeah, he was hundred percent from circle one, and and hit one circle two putt, so one out of four, twenty five percent. But he also had <clears throat> a throw in. Yes, yeah, long throw in, ninety five feet. It says here. Yep. So that's uh, that's pretty great, and we should note that uh, these are U-disc numbers. You'll notice when you look at the throw-in distance, I've had people tell me, oh, look, you, you can see the distance on there. These are median distances in right. the range. It's, it's a range. So yep. you see like the same numbers over and over again. That's because when you have 0 to 11 feet, when you mark it in the app for your putt, it puts down 5. And when you do 11 to 22 or whatever it is, it puts down 16. So these are not the exact dif- distances. Like you can't say, oh, he made a, a 98 footer. It's just like these are how that app rates those distances in those ranges of circle one, circle two, and, you know, and further. So um, just to be clear on that for people to be like, oh, how did they make so many 16 foot putts? That's it might have been an 18 foot putt. And the other one might have been a 13 foot one. But that's just how you disc uh, has it in there. So. Which makes sense. I mean, take no one's going to measure in an actual course. No, it's much no, easier no, no, to no. just estimate whether you're in those ranges. Yep. Gives you three options for, for each circle. So um, it works well in the course. But yeah, those, those distances aren't exact. Right. And it's still, um, at this point, it uh, yields to the player. 
Yes. For the most part, like being on the course uh, for SFO, it was kind of like, where were you at? Um, which I like. And it doesn't need to, because of what it is and what it does, I, I think it's perfect. It doesn't need to be like, let me call another, let's call the rest of the card over. Yeah. To decide whether you were uh, outside of circle two or just in, well, I guess yeah. that's I mean, in these off, ones, they're but, marked, but. Yeah, but like the 95 footer is. Yeah. Yeah, so because I I heard that it was longer than that, um, on on one source, not much longer, but I I heard it was over a hundred, so, um, and I could be wrong, so who knows, but and then James Conrad turning in a, another great round, eleven down, uh, only one one bogey, and he started off nine birdies in a row, so he absolutely crushed the the first half of the course and then he slowed down he started mixing pars had a bogey on on hole 11 and then uh birdied every other hole to finish uh starting with 14 so ended up with a great round i mean it was looking like an incredible round to start but uh, also 100 percent circle one putting can you imagine i don't i've never putted 100 percent from circle one and i I'll probably throw a party when I do. No, I think yeah, I have. I have. And it was like a minus one round because I couldn't get into the circle off my oh, got off it. the T box. And you were parking it all the and time. And I was parking it, you know, when it, when it, you got to realize that 100% circle one could mean that I'm circle two off the drive every time. Yeah. No, and I, I throw that. it five feet away. But I still don't think, I mean, I, I, I meant like an actual round where I'm, I mean, at the courses I play, I think it would be. I could look back, but I don't. I've think been, it's ever, I don't I've, think it's ever happened. I've been a hundred percent circle one at Taylor before. Well, yay for you! Let's have a party for you. Sweet. All right, we'll see you guys next week. We're about to have a party. <laughs> Lowering the disc ball, disco ball. But, uh, from but, the I, but I'll also say that that was not my best. Yeah, round at Taylor. this is a totally different kind of circle yeah. one, buddy. You see, the problem with me is that I will just happily miss a nine foot putt by three feet. So. Um, that makes it very hard to go 100% from circle one. And he hit, uh, Conrad also hit two circle two putts. So always uh, the bonus putts. Those are always great. And let's see about Barsby. Barsby. Barsby looking fly in his, uh, in his picture as always. Three out of four circle two. Yeah. So bang, Barsby hit bang. some big putts also with a big throw in. Yep. You can see there it says an 84 foot throw in. So that's uh, that's awesome for him. Killing it, and then Andrew Presnell uh, having a great round. Had a great round, also at eleven down, and uh, he was again hundred percent circle one. Uh, hit, hit didn't oh hit one circle two putt. Another kind of no bogeys for him. That's that's fantastic. So he managed to navigate the course without taking any OB penalties and no bogeys. That's a clean round. Can't, hard to be mad at yourself for a round like that. You know, even if there are a couple guys that had a hotter round. So then Holly Store, again, I already said it. He hit the uh, ace on 14, 260-foot ace. So that's a that's great. Let's see, what's the on 14? Yeah, 260 up there too. So 260-foot ace, that's a great shot. So I can't wait. To, hopefully, I haven't seen if there's video of that yet. But Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I would have known if yeah. there is. I'd, I would hope that like people at worlds just have their phones out you know spectators that ah man i i i look forward to the day that we get to see all of this stuff because people have some incredible shots in these fields and 
And, uh, you know, just looking over an entire round, how many throws there were and that one of them was an ace. I mean, there's thousands of throws here, you know, all told. And, and uh, it just goes to show how, how rare those can be. So Yeah, without a doubt. And then uh, Barry Schultz doing uh doing work one one ob one one bogey otherwise nice clean 10 down round three for three circle two yeah 100 percent circle one yeah crazy lots of good putting i think this is a trip you were seeing lots of good putting because there's not a ton of wind mm-hmm. and i think that's just what we're what we're seeing as a result and uh, i guess let's let's hit over the uh the overall here um and give the uh Give the overall. So we had Paul McBeth in first place through two rounds at uh, 21 down. Paul Uliberry tied for second place with James Conrad in at 20 down. And then we have Greg Barsby in third in fourth place at 19 down. Guys, at, this is gonna be a fun lead. Cut. Oh, this is gonna be so great! I I can't wait to watch this. I'm just overly excited for the disc golf that we get to watch this weekend and uh and also the post produced too so do you, do you think there will be a moment um like chase card where you see barry schultz take the, his like uh earbuds out of his ears and whisper something into andrew presnell's ear and then just watch him fall apart i hope not i Why? just feel like i feel like barry just got so much knowledge that he like he, <laughs> he wouldn't never say anything mean more so just like hey did you know that if you do this on this whole like your whole round's gonna go wrong like just like <laughs> just like me. why why do you think barry schultz is evil he's not evil do you think do you consider yourself an evil person yes of course okay you know that yeah i i just think it'll do he'll do one of those things where like you know like uh you know say his friend is already ahead of his personal best like <laughs> with six holes left and then you go to them and say wow you're really killing it you're ahead of what you've ever done here and you have six holes left to make it better i don't know who you'd be referring to but could it who's that person in your in your presence at the moment the main maybe yeah just because i like barry schultz uh signature disc doesn't mean that we both share an affinity for uh for uh jinxing someone's around what else? he has another signature disc i think he's got several I quite a few. I know. There's yeah. another one that's like always at Dick's Sporting Goods, and I'm like, I wouldn't, I don't want this. <laughs> but uh, we've got Martin Hendel at 16 down, and then Josh Anthon, Nicola Castro, all these guys tied for seventh at 16 down. Uh, Seppo Payu and uh, Ricky Waisaki tied in 10th place at 15 down, along with Andrew Fish and Nate Sexton and Calvin Heimberg. So all those 15 down guys. A lot of people in the hunt. Top 10 within six strokes of the lead. Um, that's that's. There's still so much disc golf to go. Um, we've we've got a lot. Uh, one quick aside. Big ups uh, to Kevin Jones mm-hmm. for taking the throne world's distance winner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So heard- he took David Wiggins Jr. down, who I think is like five or six, like, crazy amount of times in yeah. a row and he's on the uh the the round one coverage for jomez so uh so we get to see him pipe, yeah pipe some yeah no he really awesome drives clean laser beams yeah but uh kind of neat to see like a young gun come in and uh take the the distance competition yeah we're, we're going to be seeing a, a lot of of uh of kevin jones all right well real quick this was 
in our Slack group. We have not brought it up at all on the podcast. Who does Kevin Jones throw for next year? I thought oh we haven't brought it up at all. We haven't. So my vote, I forget I forget how I voted in in uh in the Slack That's group. Fine. That's I, fine. Cuz I I may change it, but I feel like he's going Dismania. That would be a, a I just solid I just choice. feel like they they've got the the momentum and and the other, you know, with Simon and Eagle and and uh the discs I feel like also fit, you know, a, a lot of what what he likes to do. So, you know, they, they tend to gear themselves towards those those powerful players with a lot of overstable plastic. So I, I that would be my guess, but it man, it could be could be anyone. Maybe he stays with Pro Discus, you know, who knows? So Yeah, possibly. I mean if they're I mean, he's gotta get paid. Yeah. He's gotta get paid if you're well, you're, the, you're the face of the he already is the face of the brand and whatnot with that distance. Um just thinking about it, I feel like all of the big guns, like, and by big guns, I mean, like, distance guys from DD um, have moved on. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some, they have a lot of, like, regional players in DD that that really have big distance, but they don't play everywhere. Yeah. So I could see DD trying to make a run. Yeah, I could see that too. Of course, I mean they're those guys, you know, Innova and Dynamic Disc being the other really big players in in the in the in the market. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked by all that, you know, whether I by Dynamic Disc, I I'm really saying Trilogy. Um, you know, Latitude 64 has made some big pushes at players too. Yeah, so. yeah, but I feel like Lat like owns or Ricky owns <laughs> Lat. Yeah. Um not literally, but no, it, not literally, um, figuratively. What know, do you think? I could see like a random like, especially because it was just purchased last year between Latitude and Dynamic Discs. West Side making a big push. I could see them being like, "We need." Yeah. And I know they have I mean um, you could make an argument for for every single company. I think. No, totally. Um I I I think Dismania actually is a really good really good one you brought up. Um just put the bombers, put the uh the Yeah, I mean the, they, the they, boom they've already at, established at a, a brand out of at it. At a at a boom brother? Yeah. I mean they've already established it as their like MO, you know, with these two players with Eagle and Simon. And, uh, you know, even, you know, there are other Nate Perkins and stuff like that. There's you yeah, know, no, yeah. no scrub there. So <clears throat> I, I could just see it going that direction. And yeah. And, and, uh, you know, it allows him to, to use any, any Innova brand as well too. So well, can, and so the other one, actually, now that we brought that up, the other one, if they really wanted to put that money out and have, because they have, they have the distance discs and they have other pieces coming, but, um, they allow you to have a mixed bag, mm-hmm. um, as does Prodiscus. Like I know you can have yeah. a mixed bag. Uh, what about Legacy making a big push? Nah, I don't. I don't see that at all. I don't either. But yeah, I would love to see him like throw a rampage on like a Heiser flip turnover line, like <laughs> six hundred feet. Be, be a roller. <laughs> be like a yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would be like you throwing the one twenty five sidewinder. Oh, did we say that on the main show at all? I don't know if we did. 
if we didn't, um, Robin the, the, legit threw. So um, we got a handful of one twenty class sidewinders. Yeah. Um, that uh, I'm sharing with my boys and girls club kids, of course, because that's if you're gonna go even a speed driver at all, like that's what needs to be. Not that I'm as stoked to give them a sharp driver, but whatever. It's lightweight, easy for them to super, throw. Super DX. Yeah. Um, Robin legit threw a Skyheiser. I'm going to call that a thing. That's still a thing. I believe it is. <laughs> Fully 180'd the disc. It landed on the flight plate. It was fantastic. Probably 200 feet. Yeah. Full turnover. Um, skipped on the grass because it was on its flight plate. Like legit, if you did that going downhill... On like a fast surface, that'll go far. It was it was pretty much like a thumber flight pattern, but yeah, it was a hi- it, was, it the, was a hyzer grenade. Yeah, thrown on a hyzer, like the the most uh, most dramatic hyzer angle I could muster, aiming as high as I could in the air and and flipped it over completely so that it landed on the flight plate. And then, pretty much on accident, um, I threw. The most ridiculous roller I've ever thrown in my life. The disc never got more than I'd say two feet off the ground. Right. I just kind of burner. I just kind of released it really early, and it turned almost all the way over, hit the ground at like a fifteen degree angle. So the the disc is like maybe four inches off the ground on the on the far side of the rim when it hits the ground. Turns all the way up, stands all the way up perfectly straight and rolls perfectly straight for like 320 feet and hit the ground at like maybe 80 to 100 feet. Some, something along those lines. It was just one of the more silly. I've never seen a disc so flippy. And also this was at like maybe 60%. Power. No, totally. I, I just had fun. Like it was hilarious. Super light and watching it like yeah, turn into a roller. It was good times. Oh, that's that's as we're talking about ourselves, and then we'll talk about FPO because yes, that's the right thing to do. Um, also, they're awesome. Um, the one thing that I when we played disc golf, uh, my putting continued to be consistently mediocre, but I had multiple drives. Check this out, guys. <clears throat> that I powered down for. Wow. Like, it actually was like, I need to throw this, like, 75 80%, and I did. And it worked out really well. <laughs> I'm learning. You're getting there. Someday. 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 I've parked a uh, hole one at Taylor, which is a really easy hole, but I haven't done well on it since it moved back to short until I pulled out a Claymore and threw it, like, 75%, and it's worked out great multiple times. Taylor is a course in Santa Rosa, California that we play frequently. So, yeah. For those of you that aren't familiar with our area, I, I would consider. Don't it, know what Joey's talking about when he just says Taylor. I would consider Taylor. it our home course. <laughs> so, and then, uh, so let's move on to FPO for, for Worlds. I'm realizing now I never, Pages I never introduced our deer review either, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. People will figure it out. But uh, this is like. I'm honestly a little bit more excited about this than I am about the entire MPO field just because we've talked about, you know, Paige Bierkus several times on the podcast over I mean, the I last... I like I've been the one bringing it up, but yeah, we... <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. And then, uh, and she has turned in, you know, uh, an 
absolutely masterful performance in their second round of Worlds here, where she's the only player was under par for that round to begin with. By a lot. By a lot. And uh, has has turned that into a, a six-stroke lead uh, over the over the field, which includes Paige Pierce. Um, and is looking like, you know, I, I listened to a, a rival pod. I shouldn't say rival because they're, they're there's no rivals but i listened to uh to the upshot who does who has been doing uh daily live uh recaps um of of the world's round and they had her on today and she was just cool as a cucumber like couldn't wasn't phased at all like didn't seem nervous and i mean granted she's got a lot of media experience um but (laughs) this is a soda (laughs) but uh Joe just tried a beer that I gave. This him. is like a squirt. This is like a this is a soda. It's fantastic. I'm drinking a soda right now. Well, you know when you when your nasal passages are clogged and you have no senses at all, it tastes great. So, um, but sorry. Back to Paige Beerkiss. Uh, she just. I mean, I was listening. I'm like, crap. Maybe she really can win worlds. Maybe this isn't just you know, a couple of good performances over the last, last, you know, month or so since she quit school and decided to go full-time disc golf. But she just seems like she has the right mindset and she's not, you know, uh, she's not intimidated at all by the, she's taking a break from course. school. She didn't quit school. Well, yeah, the, sorry. I don't need to parse she, my words. She just wants to be a doctor too. She, <laughs> sorry. She might quit school if she wins worlds this year. So, but I, I, it's not a, it's no longer a, well, maybe, I mean, she's got a six stroke lead through round two and just absolutely massacred, uh, at Fox run today. So that's, uh, and also I should note, uh, I mentioned what rounds were being played at each course. It's the opposite for the FPO field. So they started at Brewster and they played Fox run, uh, in the second round, which is the opposite of, uh, of the MPO field. So, um, they were at Fox run today. So can you click down on, uh, actually I want to see page and page. You want the pages? Oh yeah. Look at that. Look at, look at that huge difference right there. Yeah. Well, and page took it. Pierce took an eight on, on hole seven. She went OB three times. Yeah. So she went OB five times. How many times did, uh, other page zero yep. oh one one see oh, very end dead. That, 18. You, you silly 18 that little jerk that little guy Don't worry about that little guy right also throw in uh two for five from circle two that's better than i will ever do in a round yeah and two one for five circle. wow yeah and none 50 footer and, and a near 40 footer so that's that's great 89% circle one to 75. Yeah. Like she's killing it. And yep. she has been, she's like, I I don't know what tournament. I think she like won a tournament during like a school break. And then was like, I can do this. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, I'm done. Talk about Paige Pierce though. She threw an even round and took an eight, took a headless snowman on a hole and still threw even. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Uh, in in and of itself, and also had a had another bogey, um, a double bogey. So yeah, that's a that's a three. So she had multiple, uh, you know, double or worse bogeys, 
and uh, three other uh, standard bogeys and still managed to throw an even round, mixing in those, those let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight birdies. So, Yeah, it reminds me of my round two weeks ago yeah. where I was like, I had six birdies. Yeah. And two double bogeys and that's two a, bogeys. That's a Jekyll and Hyde round for Either sure. Round. Yeah, that that hurts. That always that always hurts when you play those holes well and then you have a couple of blow-ups, especially a a a, a triple OB. That must have been I I I can't wait to see the video on that just to see how that happened on on that particular hole. So that's hole 7, so that's that 1200 foot hole. So Yeah. I, and for the the ladies that it's a thousand eighty five, so there's either a different T, I'm guessing, for for them on that particular one. Right. Well, look so at that. And that makes sense actually, given given what uh what we saw for um for the the MPO field on hole seven, um she probably just threw OB onto the T and 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 uh maybe cut through OB off the T, then through OB trying to get to the to the basket because she's got the power to do it. And maybe had a putt go awry, but but look at Birgis too. So same hole, mm-hmm. had had a look at birdie. Yeah, like missed a circle two putt. Like look, lined up within sixty. Yeah, um, and just didn't and was within five feet. So she probably took a run, like yeah, to get that par. That that means she played it clean and and also played with distance. Yeah, yep. So that's great. I I. Uh, I'm full on. I want Birkis to win and be the world champion. I, you know, we'd been I'm saying just stoked if Paige all wins. year. <laughs> we've been saying all year that this is <laughs> Paige's tournament to lose and and all that stuff. No, we've been saying but, all year that Paige has a good chance of winning this tournament. Yeah, that's right. We predicted this. Yeah, Paige. Paige <laughs> will probably win this tournament. Paige will. I think Paige has a great shot at winning it. Right. And certainly. Certainly. So then we have uh, Sarah Hokum uh, tied at three over. Um, so we've got Birkis in first place at three down. Pierce in second place at three over, tied with Sarah Hokum and and uh, yeah, just Sarah Hokum tied in second place. And then Zoe Andike is in fifth place at seven over. And then we've got Nicole Bradley at eleven over. Lisa Fakus at. Am I reading that right? How did that? Are you on? Oh, sorry. Are you on round I'm, or yeah, I was on. Total, I, had, yeah. I had that me- messed up. Sorry, um, <clears throat> had that out of line there. Sorry about that. So after Sarah Hokum, we have Rebecca Cox, also tied in second place at three over. I knew there was a third person, and then Zoe Andike in fifth at seven over, and then Lisa Fakus at eight over, along with Kristen Tatar and Jessica Weiss, and then we have Madison Walker, uh, Erica Stinch, Erica Stinchcomb and in in 10th place so um tied for ninth at 10 over so good for them still a can't, ton of tournament left but so much tournament left but I, i'm full on the the beer kiss bandwagon ready ready to ready to watch more of her rounds and i hope that she can carry this through it'd be a great great you know little cinderella story oh for sure so that would be fantastic and you know what like team tv <clears throat> i'm sure aside from her just being upset with her performance, I'm sure, other page would have nothing but love for that. Yeah, happening. Yeah, I'm sure. So, any other thoughts on on world so far? What you've seen, what you've heard? We haven't seen a lot of actual disc golf. Just kind of heard things and and uh, looking at the stats. So, um, 
Paul, Paul's going to keep it up. I I I feel that yes. Paul's, I I Paul's I have said that Rick's going to win all year. I I have not been confident on that for the last three months, and I I just I have trouble seeing him give it away at this point. I just see him continuing to throw up du- double digit under par rounds and just making it incredibly difficult for anyone you know i i basically see paul going at least 10 down every single round and forcing rick to have to you know play 12 to 13 down to catch him you know paul's gonna win and then he's gonna retire and try and play so, minor league but baseball rick could go bananas and and shoot you know 15 down tomorrow or 100%. something like that you know so it's and you know it's just six strokes and we've seen it happen before so i i it really, there's so much disc golf left that it's really hard to to say that that anyone has won or lost yet. But um, but yeah, yeah, I I feel that the smart money is on Paul holding on and and you know kind of boat racing this one. So yeah, so I could absolutely but I'm into see it. that. I'm, I'm stoked to. I I want there to be a point though where there's the top thirty. There's coverage on them. I, I yeah, that would be fantastic. That'd be that would be the life yeah. because there's gonna be great <clears throat> things that happen. Maybe not full rounds, but pretty amazing things are gonna happen throughout that. Yeah. I I just wanna see the showdown. I wanna see it I wanna see it be close to the end. You know, I want two thousand fourteen worlds again where we get a playoff or, or something exciting like that. That's I don't I don't I don't wanna have the march down to the final hole be be just kind of a, a victory lap. So I hope that we we get. That. I either want it super close or not close at all. No, see, I want it. I I I want it the closer the better. I don't I don't care. I want there to be a chance. So. So that'll. I I hope that happens. All I'm saying is, uh, there's football on Sunday. Yes, that's true. And I love you, disc golf. That's the first. <laughs> first sunday Listen, of the season you can mix you got you put disc golf on the laptop we get the red zone up on the tv it'll be fine i know but i also have a child and yeah i have three i know <laughs> by the way uh 100 we're we just should take shifts there's gonna be a lot of fathers here we should be like hey it's your hour it's like, gonna end up being in yell yeah, over yeah we'll see we'll see i might just be like screw you guys you go, you go watch football somewhere else. You're not going to do that. Probably not. You're gonna make, please come over. <laughs> please support me. <laughs> no. Well, it'll be all right. We'll figure it I out. I have 38 kids. and Yeah. I'm tired. One of those numbers was right. But, yeah, I probably will be tired. But The eight? But yeah. All right. You ready to do our deer review? All right. It's time for our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether we should bring it on. You should bring it on the course tonight. We have Norm's Raggedy Ass IPA, and we're pairing it with the Vibram Obex, the since uh, defunct Vibram Disc Golf Company, which is a five-speed, four-glide, zero-turn, and three-fade driver. Now, of course, Vibram doesn't use those numbers, so those aren't Vibram numbers at all. Vibram numbers are. Listen, lots of brands have their weird whatever numbers and everything. Vibram numbers are just ridiculous. They uh, I, they were explained to me once, and I can't tell. It's like if you throw it at this mile per hour. Yeah, no, I know that. It'll do this or that or this. So they, they put uh, yep. fade turn speed on the bottom of the disc, and the speed rating of the Obex is 56. 
And what they say is that if you throw this disc at 56 miles an hour with perfect form, it will go 380 feet. It will turn six feet as for a right-handed player and it will fade 12 feet. So that's, that's what their, their speed ratings meant. At least that's how it was once told to me. So that could be complete bullshit. I mean, I think it's right, but it's what a ridiculous. So, and then the, uh, the most, uh, most famous thing about Vibram is that they are rubber. So they have a very grippy plastic. They also come in uh, firm and soft and extra firm and medium plastic. So you get varying degrees of rubberiness on the discs. So uh, there's still, you can still buy Vibram discs. There's still some on Infinite and, and other websites, but they are no longer uh, the company Vibram manufacturing discs. So uh, buddy Cold <clears throat> said just hit him up and he'll give you all of his because he doesn't really like uh, Vibram anymore. I don't think that's true at all. That's not, that's not true, actually. He says, if you have anything, please send it to him. Uh, he'll send nudes back. Oh. <laughs> well, like, then. Oh, we got a few over here. Uh, I was going to say we could give this Obex away, but I think I know where it's going now. I honestly the don't. The man's a I, doctor. I, I'm I don't, sure he's, I don't he's give, well kept. I kind of feel like we should hold on to the last of course. couples. So where do you want to start? I, I can't really tell you much about the beer because my senses are totally shot. Well, then let's start totally with this. And, and I'll say um, the Obex or the Ibex. I don't remember. The Obex was like one of the first discs I, I got, mid-range discs I ever got. Um, yeah. Way, yeah. Way back when. Obex yep. and the Ibex. And it was kind of like curiosity with Vibram and, and, uh, and stuff like that and wanting to see it. Also, having terrible form. And I just remember it being extremely understable. And I was like, what? It's the Obex. It's supposed to be the overstable version. What's going on? And really what was going on was I had no idea how to backhand a disc. A so. mid-range at that. <clears throat> yeah, I just remember being like, oh, they just turn over. They just turn over back in the, back in the days of bad form and blaming discs, blaming for, discs for, that. for things. Yeah. Um, to the point that, you know, it sat on the shelf for years because we moved on to our, you know respective pines and bo- uh, buzzes and whatnot. Yep. And I threw it. I remember throwing it a few, I don't know, maybe six or seven months ago. Just be like, oh, I got this. Let me give it a rip. And be like, that is nothing like I remember. Um, and throwing it more and being like, oh, it actually is like a nice, like stable disc. Um, with that said, the plastic is, su- or the rubber is super consistent. Um, Robin, as you can see, this disc I threw at my parents' house and left it in their yard for probably four months. Yep. So I can see that. the color is We have another Obex up there and we I just do. couldn't grab it. Which which is uh, the color is very faded on the top, but you can't feel any difference in the plastic. It doesn't fly any different. Um it just faded out because of the sunlight. Um I don't think we've ever had any issue with vibram rubber no um it's fantastic it feels good it, it throws well it sticks which is fantastic um i think the main issue that that a lot of vibram throwers or people that tried to adopt at least all vibram was that it was they didn't really have a complete line for you right um in terms of especially at the higher end on the overstable plastic there just wasn't a, a disc that was overstable enough for for a lot of the more powerful throwers right um, and a lot of people just, uh, you know, long time disc golfers be like, oh, what the hell is that rubber shit? You know, 
Right, and they like, have like weird little—I don't even know what they're little indents on the inside for their Vibram logo that was that was in there. Yeah, and the little like bumps on the sides. Yeah. I don't know, but the thing too with the rubber, it doesn't get notched up. It doesn't get nicked up. It's it's yeah. nice. Uh, I'm a I'm someone who spins a disc in my hand not just to spin it, but to like find the least amount of scratches and just what feels good in my hand and Vibram was always easy to just pick them and go. Yeah. But, uh, you know, honestly, I had very bad form when I was throwing it and I moved to other things and found my form as I went other ways and uh, kind of fell in love with other things. Uh, we should say the Obex has like a, a bead. It's a beaded yeah. mid. Um it's a really slight dome. And then I guess overall the flight, I mean, well, the funny thing was throwing it. We, the reason we mentioned that we remembered it being understable and how bad our form was was because when we actually went back to test it before doing this episode, uh, we were both shocked because we had both kind of discounted the Obex as like not because just kind of a t- stereotypical thing for a lot of Vibram discs is people like, oh, they're not as understated, not as overstable as they're advertised. And we threw it and we're like, oh, it's a stable mid range. Yep. It's and, a nice, and clean, it, stable mid range. It would fly nice and straight. It finished with a nice little bit of fade. If you threw it really hard, you'd see some turn, but not, not horrible at all. Not going to turn over. Nope. Um, and we we're both like, oh, like this is how like much we've throw, progressed since right. we. <laughs> you can throw it real hard and snap it up to flat. And that's like that's the turn you get. And I mean, I've had an Obex on the wall up there for probably like eight years that I just hadn't thrown in forever because you know eight years ago when I had terrible you know oat the shit out of the throws. Right. When you're <laughs> like, it's this just unpredictable. Yeah. Sometimes it, it just hooks up and sometimes it turns over. Like what the hell? You just parked it on the wall and never thought about it again. And then here we throw, you know, Joe and I, now that we've practiced a lot more and, and gotten a lot better at, at kind of understanding what we're doing to a disc when we're throwing it, throw it and be like, Oh, that's a good disc. Nice, nice, stable, straight mid range. It's perfect. Yeah. So I'd say like the numbers we pulled off of infinite, the five, four, zero, three are, are pretty darn spot on. Um, it's clean. It goes straight. It's not super glidey, like it doesn't just go for days. Yeah. It'll hook up, it doesn't hook up super hard. Like it's nice. The good thing though, uh, with that three fade that might separate it from from another mid range with the same fade, because the rubber um it sticks a lot better. You don't have to worry as much about big skips and whatnot. It'll, it'll kinda just settle around where you where it drops down. Um Yeah. Yeah. I mean All right, so you ready to tell the people about the beer, and I'll just look on longingly? Yes, yes. Um, so this, so, oh, go ahead. So I'll introduce it first, and then. So we have Norm's Raggedy Ass IPA at 7.2% alcohol. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, Griffin Claw Brewing Company. And this is, let's see, where is this from? Trying to find this on the side here. Birmingham. Michigan. Al- Michi- oh, okay. The Michigan beer. World Beer Cup Gold Award in 2010. Hopefully these beers uh, were not brewed in 2010. They've been done since then. But, you know, I uh, I can't tell anyway. So Yeah. So I'll tell you right now. Um, 
it reminds me much of an- another regional beer that we have done on this podcast. Um, it reminds me a ton of Founders Centennial. Okay. Like it's, uh, I keep calling it malty and I did have the epiphany that maybe it's, it's not as malt as I think it's more hop stylings for the area. I still think it's super malty. Um, it, 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 it like it fits with that region super well. It's not the West coast crazy super pine get after you. Uh, it's kind of that sweeter, uh, oatsy, uh, and then like a little bit of, of, uh, bitter at the end. It's really nice. You know, you can tell it's an IPA for sure, but it's much calmer than you would expect for seven two five. Especially like for us coming from West Coast, although everything right now is like New England style hazy IPA, yeah, which is its own thing. Uh, and this is not like that, which is good. It's not, it's not a juice haze IPA. It's it's a nice, um, I'll call it like a Great Lakes IPA, because <laughs> <laughs> I mix all is that of a those thing? areas. I'm no, sure it is. I'm making it up right now, but I, I I do. It reminds me a lot of like the Founder Centennial. Um, a nice, like, fresh, a refreshing. Um, once again, I call it hoppy or uh, malty. Uh, you know, it's kind of sweet. It's it's more like uh, oatmeal-y in your mouth. Uh, but it, it's it's tasty. It's super good. And at seven point two, like, it's a super sneaky seven point two. Um, Robin's mouth is dead, so he can't understand that but yeah what i taste is basically the bitterness and, and that's right and the it. bitterness like is so. so subtle at the end like uh got it i like the name griffin claw brewing company that's a sweet is that a, is that a, a sweet name star star wars thing no like I, an I, ewok I, thing I, I don't think that's what it is at all uh i don't think griffins Lord, are Lord, necessarily Lord of the rings I, I i know you're getting at harry potter but but I don't think that that it, it's is it necessarily related to that because it is it I don't think it's Griffin Claw right I have no idea I've read like one of those books and watched like two thirds of the movies. All right, I'm ahead of you then because <laughs> I've seen pretty much every. We own all the movies because my wife loves it. It's Griffin Dorf, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, just like Dumbledore. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, D- Dumbledore and Griffin Dorf. Griffin Claw. Uh, is Griffin Claw thing? Are you making fun of me right now? I really, honestly have no idea. Uh, I I feel I'm like disappointed in myself to know that there's a Gryffindor and a Ravenclaw. Yeah, there we go. Like I'm really disappointed that I knew that. I didn't know that. I'm I wish I were you. <clears throat> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stoked with one child. Life is good. Whatever. <laughs> Look at all the stuff you could have. You could have a Shedio, and uh, you know. Less sleep deprivation sleep deprivation <laughs> 75 hour work week yeah <laughs> think of think of the possibilities for yourself <laughs> non-stop amazon packages <laughs> that aren't for you yeah it's fantastic oh good i like that review i just read a review it said not piney <laughs> i did my job <laughs> i understand very nice all right well uh 
what do you think? So we're, we both like the disc. If you can find a Vibram Obex, check it out. Uh, there, there's certainly Vibram plastic still around. The problem with putting it in your bag is that there's a finite amount of time that before it becomes, you know, uh, you know, disc golf history. The other good thing, though, I mean, to say, unless you lose it, shit's going to last like forever. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's going to last a long time. Vibram discs do not beat in anywhere close to other plastics. Like, they'll keep their flight for a really long time. So, you got that going for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The beer, it's nice. I mean, at some point, like I said, it's a sneaky 7-2. It's tasty. It's kind of uh, refreshing. It's kind of like a meal at the same time, too. Like, it's got, like, the... That bready malty, I keep saying. Um, and let's just assume that I liked it. You would like it. You, I think you would honestly like it more than I like it. How's um, this for the lamest beer review ever? Me well, just abstaining. You're, you're, you're dying inside. And yeah. Hopefully, we you can fix that. Um, you you would dig it. I'm gonna. I I will vote for both of us that uh, we would bag it. Sweet. Like if I find it again, like I'll get it and and you'll drink it. I think <clears throat> Michael might have sent us this. Okay. Purely because it's from that area, but maybe we got it in uh, Tavor. I don't remember. Yeah. But no, it's a nice beer for sure. And the only like the only sad part about this whole thing is we had two 16 ounce cans, um, and Robin drank from one and he's dying inside, so I can't drink the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you'd probably be fine. The beer kills the things. I got. Some, I'm about to go to L.A. next week. I got some wipes I'm, over I'm here. I'm not even. I'm not can. even. You can, oh, you know what you can do? Shotgun it. That'd be perfect. Nope. We'll cut a hole in the bottom of it. Nope. You, there's no germs down there. But it just, like, that's not how a shotgun works. Yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about that's it. That's not a shotgun. That's a, a, a slow pour or a, a slightly faster pour from the bottom. Well, you would do it like a shotgun. You just plug the top with your thumb while you make the hole. It'll be fine. Um, nope. Not happening. Anyway, uh, the beer is nice. Do it. Uh, the beer is nice. So you're gonna, you would you would drink it on the course for sure you would. I I have no doubt. So, um, we also love the pint cans. Six, yeah, six always, always can. good, always good, fantastic. Yeah, the disc. I think we both enjoy. It's worth checking out, but you know, for reasons stated, it's in that same world of buzz and pine and not quite as overstable as those and whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, and and I, honestly, I feel like my pine is more glidey, but still, and it's and buzzes too. Um, it's not kicking anything out. Yeah. It's just not. I mean, we've got a couple on the wall. We've thrown them. They are definitely more stable than we remember, which is great. And they're definitely much more usable um, mid-ranges than I think both of us thought they were. But they're, you know, they're discontinued brand. Um, and they're not anything, like, super special. So I don't know if you get your hands on one, totally worth throwing. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, they're it's gone. I don't even want to touch it. It's definitely worth having a throw and seeing if it fits what you need. But I'm it's it's not. <laughs> I literally it will never make it into my bag. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's. Uh, are we gonna do? Are you gonna do a a, a review for us? Our, our final comparison. What's this? Yeah, uh, this is uh, Robin. 
picking Ricky Wysocki for Worlds. Oh, come on. That's going to work out great. It is. It could. The beer's great. The disc is neat. Like, it could be real good, but it's not looking fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wear that one. It's not happening. Paul's going to take it. <sighs> Man. What did we bet on that? I don't fucking know, but I do know. Uh, I do. You owe me. I a do buzz owe ball. you a buzzball for sure. That's true. God, I'm so happy I made that bet. Yeah, it serves me in multiple ways. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got for you on this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. We hope you check in next week. Be sure to uh, peep our website, throwstuffatstuff.com. You can find Disc Golf Podcast discs up there. You can find a link to find our Slack group. You can also find a, a list of all of our episodes and the deer reviews, so the beers and discs that we reviewed on there as well, and uh, check that out. And uh, be sure to check out our Patreon. So patreon.com slash the Disc Golf Podcast. We do a pre-show every week. And if you want more Disc Golf Podcast, uh, become a patron and get access to that. So thank you, everyone. Enjoy Worlds. I hope you get uh, to consume tons of live coverage this weekend. And uh, enjoy watching an exciting finish to our Disc Golf World Championships. And uh, maybe slip around in there as well. So get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. This is a song for the aceless. But those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to lay it up. Fucking not run an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you wanna put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say Hey, I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it smoothly I'm gonna toss it so sweetly And then you say Hey, I hit some metal And then you say Wait a minute, Robin I think I'm starting to get it now Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me It's not a trespass But I guess it works for you What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA, so let's go to the bar. And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly. And then I'll fucking hook it softly. And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly. But then I'm gonna hook it.